Hi, everyone, and welcome to Audio Note number 21. My name is Andrew Robinson. And before we get into this audio note, I am excited to announce that I'm going to walk you through a brand new tool that I've been working on for a number of months called A Life Well Lived. And the purpose of A Life Well Lived is to help you build your business, your work, your professional life around your life. Whereas most of us struggle to do the opposite, right? We tend to build our life around our business and really looking forward to that. The timing couldn't be any better. We have two weeks left in the year and this will give you an opportunity to reflect on the past year and plan out not just the next year, but really the rest of your life. So really excited to share that with you. Let's go ahead and get into this audio note, and this will wrap up our work on your narrative. And like I said at the end of audio note number 20, we are going to talk about your rule book. And I trust that this process is helping you discover newfound clarity around your narrative. Uh, you've now captured the events of your life, and in doing that, you've gained and in some cases probably regained a sense of the significance of these events in your life and your response to those events. So we have one more aspect to your narrative, like I said, and we're going to go into your rule book. Your rule book includes all of the do's and don'ts or the thou shalls and the thou shall nots that guide you through your life. They're there. You know them in one sense. You know them intimately. But in most ways, you're actually unaware of them because they operate at a less than conscious level. So what we want to do is change that. And I've designed this portion of your self-ship journey, this audio note, to increase your awareness of these rules. Only then can you decide which rules you want to follow and which rules you want to break. So where do these rules come from? These rules arise from the beliefs that we form as a result of our narrative, which you just covered. They're beliefs about ourselves, beliefs about other people, about God, about the world we live in. Some of these beliefs are accurate. They're dead on. These are the ones we want to keep. These are the rules we want to obey because they actually reflect the truth of reality. Other rules stem from false and even misleading beliefs. So shame, as we talked about previously, stems from a belief that something is wrong with you. And then this belief informs a rule. So you may adopt a rule like, since there's something wrong with me, then I should fill in the blank, right? So this belief that something's wrong with you inspires some sort of rule that you take through life. So maybe you work harder, longer hours, you drive the people around you to do the same to try to cover up or dispel that belief about yourself. So you set these rules in place, or maybe you shrink back. Maybe your rule is don't risk, shrink back, let others take the lead. So that's the rule you live by. Whatever it is, it all begins with a belief, and this belief then informs and inspires a rule. So remember the CEO that I talked about in the last audio note, and he realized that his lack of consistent caregiving when he was a child, a consistent caregiver, led him to believe that he needed to be 100% independent and self-sufficient in order to survive. So this belief informed a rule that he's obeyed literally his entire life, up and now into his 50s. And the rule is something like, take care of yourself, do not trust anyone else. That's the rule, and he's lived by it. 
And this rule served him really well when he was young in order to survive. He may not have survived without it, but the very thing that helped him survive his childhood is now actually eroding his relationships and influence. You began crafting your rule book early in life, probably before you could even speak. And some research indicates that you adopt your most formative rules, actually, before you're even seven years old. Certainly, the rules evolve, obviously, like as we get older, depending on our narrative. But it's our formative years, that birth to seven-ish. Obviously, it's not like a science. Certainly, the rules evolve to some degree, depending on our narrative and the events that we experience. But it's our formative years that seem to have the biggest impact on the rules we carry into adulthood. Consider some of the research around attachment theory in infants and young children. In his book, Mindsight, Daniel Siegel references a study in which researchers observed two kinds of responses in babies. They wanted to look at how the babies responded when their mother left the room and their responses when the mother returned to the room. And they were really struck by the varying responses, especially the responses of the babies when their mother returned to the room. So babies with healthy attachment were distressed when their mom left the room. Who wouldn't be, right? And when the mom came back, they were able to receive the mother's comfort when she returned, picked them up, held them, and they were able to actually be calmed and regulated by their mom. These behaviors were absent, interestingly, in the babies that lacked healthy attachment. Some were indifferent when their mom left, while others panicked. But what's super interesting is when the mom came back, some refused their mom's comfort. Some would even avert themselves from their mom when she came back in the room, while others, even if their mom picked them up, would continue to feel distressed. They couldn't allow their mom to regulate them. To me, this study highlights the fact that we adopt our rules for life at an early age, even a pre-verbal age. Isn't that amazing? Think about the babies that were able to receive consolation and comfort from their mothers. They have a certain belief, right? And that belief then informs their rules. So they can receive that comfort because they truly believe that their mother is safe, that their mother is good. They can infer from that that there are safe and good people in the world. And this informs those rules that they carry with them as they get older, right? Rules like trust people. People are trustworthy until they demonstrate they're not trustworthy, right? So they go through life with this more optimistic, open perspective on life. The other babies held a completely different belief as evidenced by their behavior. Something like, my mom isn't safe, and by inference, other people aren't safe. So the belief then gives rise to a completely different rule that they will carry through life. Do not trust people, right? Just like the CEO that I mentioned earlier, that becomes part of their operational system that they carry into life. Both groups will carry these rules with them into adulthood mostly unaware of them. The former group will go into professional situations and tend to trust people until people prove themselves untrustworthy. The latter group will struggle to trust people no matter how much people demonstrate their trustworthiness. That's how powerful this is at such an early age. So you carry with you your own personalized rule book wherever you go. And it's with you literally right now as you're listening to this. You'll identify and clarify these rules not by going back to your childhood so much as paying attention to how these rules actually are revealing themselves in the present. 
right? Probably not this very moment, but as you go out in life, as life happens to you, you will see these rules show up. For example, I was recently meeting with a CEO from a large healthcare company. He describes himself as having creative constipation. Okay, that's his term, not mine especially when it came to proposing big, bold ideas for the company. His narrative includes formative events in which his parents criticized his schoolwork and his grades if they weren't perfect. So it had to be perfect, otherwise they would tear him down. Even though he teamed with all of these amazing ideas, he had adopted a belief very early in his life that if I share my thoughts, especially my big thoughts, my crazy thoughts, people are going to tear it down. So he learned to play it safe, share only the small safe ideas and only, only if they're perfect. Bear in mind that some of these rules for us don't arise from specific aspects of your narrative. They're just part of being an imperfect and broken person. We are all in many respects poorly equipped for this adventure that we call life. No matter how many blessings, no matter how many challenges dot that narrative, that life map that you're looking at, we will invariably form rules that arise from inaccurate beliefs about ourselves, about God, about the world we live in, and those beliefs then will shape our rules. So let's get to work identifying the rules in your rule book by looking at some tendencies that inhibit you and your growth. Rather than creating an exhaustive list of your tendencies, I just want you to select one that holds you back. So for example, do you tend to dominate people or do you default to passivity? Do you drink too much or do you find other ways to check out? Do you believe others accept you for how you are or that you need to perform or own certain things in order for others to like you? Or are you a name dropper? Whatever your tendency is, all of these tendencies, along with all of your responses to the varying situations you confront each day, reveal beliefs that you've adopted to navigate life. From those beliefs, you've created rules that you follow. So once you've identified your beliefs, consider what rules you've wrapped around those beliefs. So let's take that last tendency I mentioned, name dropping. I was recently in a conversation with a leader that started dropping names of famous people that she had been with over the weekend. And even though I had no idea who they were, she was clearly trying to impress me. Why? I suspect she believes that if she drops names of significant people that she knows and spends time with, that other people like me will see her as more significant. So if I'm right about that, then there's a belief at work. She doesn't feel that she's significant, right? And this gives rise to a rule, something like thou shalt use strategies like name dropping that make me appear significant. So you get how this plays out. It starts with a belief that then evolves into a rule that she lives by. So herein we see that the very rules we follow to govern ourselves have actually a self-fulfilling quality. They backfire. The person that name dropped in order to appear more significant, she succeeds only in revealing her deep sense of insignificance, right? So it backfires. And the person that believes that they shouldn't trust people will invariably find reasons to confirm their belief and reinforce this rule, failing to see all the while that their belief actually prevents others from trusting them. They show up as a non-trusting person And therefore, they're gathering evidence 
that in fact people aren't trustworthy when in fact the people that they perceive as untrustworthy are only responding that way because the person entered the relationship, in, entered the room, entered the meeting as a non-trusting person. You can see how that cycle, that feedback loop kicks in. So that's the cycle. Beliefs create rules that confirm the validity of the beliefs. Fortunately, life offers up what I call disconfirming experiences that challenge you to reevaluate your rules and consider beliefs about whether you are, in fact, fill in the blank, smart, gifted, lovable, acceptable, and all the other things you've struggled to believe throughout your life. As you begin to consider your rule book, I also want you to note these disconfirming experiences that actually challenge your beliefs. They invite you to reconsider and even break the rules you've so faithfully obeyed up until now. Your nature and your narrative influences how you show up literally in every situation throughout every single day. So now we're ready to move into the final third of the self-ship process. I'm going to introduce you to a framework that ties all of this together. Literally everything we've covered so far in these audio notes will come together with this one framework. Like I said in the first audio note, I've never presented this process in its entirety until now, so I cannot wait to get started. But before we jump into that final third of the self-ship process, like I said at the beginning, I'm going to walk you through this new tool, this new process called A Life Well Lived. So you can look at part one coming out next week and the following week, just in time for the new year, you can receive part two. Really excited to get into that with you. As always, wherever you are right now, wherever you're listening from, I am so glad that you are here. Take care, everyone. Mm-hmm.